Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is not narrow sectarianism, but the body of Christ. Through his messages in these life studies, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. The record given in Exodus concerning the tabernacle and its furnishings is very interesting. The details regarding their construction might seem tedious as we're reading through the Bible, and maybe we even question or doubt their relevance. But with just a little spiritual insight, how marvelous and full of meaning they become. This is especially true if the eyes of our understanding are opened and we see more how the aspects of Christ depicted through all of these items can usher us into a deeper and more satisfying experience and enjoyment of Him. We return today to the table of the bread of presence, or the showbread table, as it's often called from Exodus chapter 25. Matt Miller is here with us, and Matt, always good to be together. I particularly like this portion before us today. I do too, Chris, and we're uh, hopefully going to enjoy it as well as our bring our listeners into the enjoyment of this particular aspect of Exodus. Yeah, this is a continuation. It's really part two. Both of these life studies, the one we're covering today and the previous one, uh, are on this matter, particularly related to this uh, table, this article of furniture in the holy place. Of course, we just came through some marvelous messages talking very much in detail about the ark that was in the holiest of holies. Uh, and we'll see some interesting comparisons today between the ark, which uh, represents with especially the cover of solid gold, the propitiation or propitiatory cover, the place where God meets with man in a most intimate way. Yet out in the holy place, this article, the table that contained the bread, and I'll just read one verse as we prepare to join Witness Lee for our first portion. And that's verse 30 in chapter 25. And you shall set the bread of the presence upon the table before me always. All right, this bread of the presence, in some versions, the King James called the showbread. This really is, I think, our focus today. Yeah, Chris, this is a great point. I just want to say something before we go to Witness Lee and get into this portion on the bread of his presence to connect what you just said of the showbread altar, which is where the bread of his presence is. And it's the same size and dimensions as the ark that's in the Holy of Holies. So you have the holy place with the showbread table or that altar where the table is. That table's the same size as the ark. And we're going to see in this program that as we enjoy the Lord's presence in the Holy of Holies, it issues in our enjoyment of Christ at the showbread table. And then as we enjoy the Lord at the showbread table, it brings us back into the Lord's presence. So there's a wonderful connection between what we've been covering in the ark and what we're going to enter into today in the enjoyment of the showbread table or the bread of his presence. Good. Well, let's join Winnesley. In King James... And in many other versions, they all translated the showbread to make a show. The showbread 
According to the Old Testament in Hebrew text, this kind of bread on this table has two names. One is the bread of the presence in Exodus, and the other is the bread of arrangement, mainly in First Chronicle. But King James translated both shewbread. Shewbread, this expression is very close to the bread of arrangement. When you arrange the bread in a certain way, that is to make a show. So it is a kind of shewbread. But no one could understand by the translation shewbread the presence of God. It is not only a bread of a show, a bread of a display, a bread of a kind of arrangement, but it is a bread of certain presence. The bread of the presence. The bread of the presence means the food of God's presence. And this word in Hebrew actually is the very word for faith, F-A-C. So here it says what? The presence bread and the faith bread. When you have bread, you have God's presence. When you have the bread, you have God's face. This is not just a bread for a display, for a show. This is a bread of God's presence. Let me um, illustrate a little bit. You know, I got bothered by this expression, the bread of the presence. I don't know how the American mothers, I do know some Chinese mothers, when they love their children, Sometimes the children became 50 years of age. The mother is 75, and the son is 50. Yet the mother still loved the son. And the son was out for several years, never came back. But today, the son comes back. And the old mother would coke something. Coke something that 50 years ago, she coke for this dear son. And she still remembers that this dear son loved this coaching to the uttermost. Okay, she cooks such a food. I tell you, when the son eats this food, surely always the mother's ass are watching over. <laughs> I tell you, that is the food of the mother's presence. That food nearly is the presence of the mother. So when the son eats that food, he eats the mother's presence. This is quite human. Only the mother knows what is the taste of the child. No word can explain. But we all understand what I'm talking about. So after the bothering, I became happy to talk about it. Hallelujah. This is the bread of the divine presence. And this is the bread of God's face. Check with your experience. When you enjoy Christ as such a portion, this brings you into the presence of God. 
Matt, this is a, gosh, just a great section uh, because it, the example he, he leaves us with is both endearing and lovely, but it illustrates so well, I think, the real significance. And we can forgive, I think, the translators of the King James and some of the other versions that use that term show because there was an arrangement, particularly, that the priests who were caring for the things in the holy place had to follow. But that kind of leaves us without this intimate, lovely connection that Witness Lee developed with this story of the old mother making the favorite dish of the son. I don't know about you, but it really helped me to be drawn to my Lord in a, in a marvelous way at this uh, place of enjoyment mutually. Absolutely, Chris. And it's like we mentioned in the beginning, when you the, the presence of the Lord, he said he speaks to us from between the cherubim on the propitiation place in the Holy of Holies at the Ark. And yet, already we see this just in the literal definition of the showbread table. It's really the face bread. Mm. Literally, that's what it is. It's face bread. So we're eating the showbread in the face or presence of the Lord. So again, it really connects to the ark, this showbread table, this face bread, because it brings us into the Lord's presence, which Hopefully, as Christians, we will live in the Lord's presence. Hopefully, we're constantly enjoying the Lord and being brought into his presence. As Witness Lee was describing the mother cooking for her kids and just being so happy to be in their presence, enjoying what she's prepared for them, I can picture my wife's face as she's with our two boys. It's a very good example of being in the presence of the Lord In this picture, being in the presence of the mother, as you enjoy what she prepared, the Lord has prepared a lot for us, Mm. and he's really happy when we enjoy the bread that he's prepared for us. Matt, there's a couple of aspects uh, that we want to see in this coming section regarding the bread uh, that I think amplify what we've been talking about. In Leviticus chapter 24, verse 9, it says, And it shall be for Aaron and his sons, and they shall eat it in a holy place. For it is most holy to him of Jehovah's offerings by fire, a perpetual statute. This verse actually gives us both aspects. First of all, it was an offering of the priests to Jehovah. But then it becomes a portion for the priests from Jehovah. This is a great dynamic also that Witness Lee will, I think, develop for us in this next portion. I tell you, these loaves, which become the bread of the presence, were loaves offered by the people to God for God's satisfaction. They were offered by God's people to God for God's food, but God spared some of them. And these spared loaves were brought into the holy place and arranged there or displayed on the table weekly. Then the serving priest in the holy place ate this kind of bread. Now you must realize you are both the believers and the serving ones. You are both the people and the priests. This is why we encourage you all to experience Christ daily. Experience him, enjoy him daily. Then you have some portion of Christ whom you have experienced to bring into the meeting and to offer to God for God's satisfaction in a good sense for God's food. And the priest present these in front of God on the table 
for their weekly supply. It's really meaningful. On the table, within the holy place of tabernacle, signifying Christ as the food of God's praise is for a corporate feasting. Within God's dwelling place. You are in the tabernacle. Amen. You are in the midst of the builded up saints. And you are in the dwelling place of God. Amen. Enjoying Christ on the table. The table in the Bible always signifies a corporate feasting. It's not an individual eating. It's a corporate eating. Now we are here eating corporately. Amen. We are feasting corporately. Amen. You try. If you don't believe me, you try. Just go to a place by yourself in a private room and close your window and close your door. Even no flies could come in. I mean, nothing could come in. Only you yourself would be there. Try to enjoy Christ. It's not so sweet. Here. Hallelujah. Here, you are feasting. You are feasting corporately. Well, man, another item added. Not only was this uh, offering from the priests to Jehovah for his satisfaction, in a sense, his food, then he spares a portion for his serving ones. After the priests arranged it properly in the holy place on the table, uh, they were to take it for their own supply. So it's food for both God and men. But the third point he touched here in this section really, I think, needs our attention. This represents the corporate feasting of God's people. Maybe I thought to set this up, you might contrast this bread in this setting with the manna that the people of Israel were be sustained with for so many years. That's good, Chris, because this, there's two kinds of bread discussed here. One bread is the manna, which rained from heaven every day. It came down, and all the children of Israel ate that open manna. It was in the wilderness. It was everywhere. And that was the common portion of all of God's people. In fact, they had to do that. Mm-hmm. That was their food. And every Christian should have a daily personal time with the Lord to enjoy manna. They should enjoy the Lord as the manna every day. But this manna is a particular manna. It says in, and you read this verse, but I just want to underscore the verse you read, Leviticus 24.9. It says, it, it shall be for Aaron and his sons, and they shall eat it in a holy place. Right. So that's different than the manna. The manna is very different. It's open. It's for all of God's people. Yet this manna is for the priests, and it's to be eaten in a holy place. And that holy place is the tabernacle, which is a picture of the church. In the New Testament, we see that the church is the dwelling place of God. It is the tabernacle in reality. And therefore, we need to enjoy Christ, not just in a personal way, in an open way, like we do with manna, as is our portion of all the believers, but we also need to enjoy Christ in a holy place. This is a corporate enjoyment. This is an enjoyment you can't have outside the tabernacle. Right. It's in a holy place. Mm-hmm. It's spe- it's special. It's specific. And it's for the serving ones. And you, you may say, well, I'm not a priest. We would say, and the Bible would say, in the New Testament, we all oh, are priests. Absolutely. You know, according to First Peter 2 and Revelation 1, we're all priests. Right. 
So this portion is for all of us in a holy place. So we, we need to be clear. We need to be in the church life, in a corporate life, not just individual Christians. And that's kind of the, the, the point we're trying to stress here. Yeah, both aspects are certainly valid, like as you said. Uh, the manna was just wherever the children of Israel were, that's where the manna was. And they were to go out and gather it first thing in the morning and put it in a jar. But the implication is there that it's available wherever you are at, whatever you're doing. We can enjoy, we can have that uh, eating of Christ in that sense. Very personal, but totally irrespective of our environment, our location. And we can very much do that and should do that in a daily way, personally, individually. But this bread, this manna, as you said, I liked how he connected the word table. You know, table shows up in a significant way. Also in the New Testament, the Lord's table which there is very specific. That is something to be partaken of and enjoyed in the context of the church, the corporate body of Christ together feasting. That's why for the word table to be you know, picked up from this Old Testament type in the tabernacle, which was a type of the church, the body of Christ, the corporate dwelling place of God and man. So there's two kinds of enjoyment here. Both are important. We're not trying to minimize the individual, but surely this highest enjoyment must be in the church. And to some of our listeners, this may sound strange. They they may have never had this experience. And we're here to testify there is a deeper experience in what the Bible calls in Leviticus 24.9, a holy place. And I appreciated your example of the Lord's table. The Lord's table is not just anywhere. Right. It's in the church. Mm -hmm. In Hebrews 2, it says, in the midst of the church... I will sing hymns of praise to you. That's in the Lord's table. At the end of the Lord's table, the Lord is singing in our midst. His presence is with us, singing to the Father. And wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst, as you said. So there is that component. We really can't enjoy, quote, the Lord's table by ourselves, even in our home. Maybe there's only two or three in a particular place that, you know, are there gathered in his name to honor him in such a way. I believe the Lord honors that. All right, man, let's go on. We want to talk in this last portion about something that was mentioned at the beginning of the program, and that is the similarities here between the ark in the Holy of Holies and the table of the bread of the presence in the holy place. And I'll pick up a couple more verses from chapter 25 of Exodus. Uh, This is verses 23 and 24. And you shall make a table of acacia wood. Two cubits shall be its length and a cubit its width and one and a half cubits its height. And you shall overlay it with pure gold and make a rim of gold around it. And for those of our listeners who were listening carefully in our previous programs, they'll recognize these are exactly the same components and dimensions as the ark within the Holy of Holies. Okay, here's Witness Lee. These two things are not only very close, the ark, the table, the timid ark, they are close. But the height are the same. One and cubit height. The same standard. Not only so, the way to move the same. Four rings and four corners and the four feet and two poles on the shoulders of the witnesses, the same. So these two one always comes out of the other. 
is dark issues in the table. At the beginning, surely <laughs> the arc first. Then the table, the more you have the table, the more arc you have. The table brings you back to the arc. The arc issue in the table, and the table brings you back to the arc. This means what? This means Christ as the embodiment of God testimony issues in your enjoyment of him. And your enjoyment of him always brings you back to him as God's testimony. Ark is made of acacia wood and the table too. Signifying Christ's humanity, the basic element for him to be our feast is the same as the ark. Overlaid with gold, signifying the expression of God, Christ's divinity. Within is his humanity as the basic element for our enjoyment. And without is his divinity. That is the expression of God. If we enjoy Christ, we surely express God. If we enjoy Jesus as our serving supply, what comes out? Gold comes out. The expression of God. And this is Christ's divinity. Christ's humanity is the basic element. Christ's divinity is the glorious expression of God. It's very, very meaningful. Dear saints, I could only say this much, but I trust in the Spirit that He would show you more. He would interpret much more than I'm doing here to you that you could realize according to our experiences it is really so the more we enjoy Christ as the basic element of our enjoyment the more we express God Matt, we saw developed in, in, in great detail in previous programs these elements, the acacia wood overlaid with gold, signifying the two natures of Christ, his humanity uh, mingled, uh, overwrought with his divinity. Um, so there's clearly a connection here between the ark and the uh, showbread table or table of the presence. But you said something earlier I would like to come back to. I think it's relevant here. We've got a few minutes on this last portion. And uh, Witness Lee also makes this point in the message that we are both the believers and properly we should be the priests. So the point of what we just heard was that our enjoyment in the holy place, which we, as we talked in the last section, represents the church, the corporate aspect of God's people together as his dwelling place, enjoying the bread. And our level of enjoyment or the standard of our enjoyment there should match what takes place in the Holy of Holies, where God meets face to face with man. And if that is the case, what's expressed even in the holy place corporately will be God. Uh, the gold will be expressed there if the standards are the same. But sadly, far too often, uh, the, the, the standard out in the holy place falls or has fallen far below. And when that happens, the church declines and even degrades. And sadly, this is the case if our enjoyment and experience are uh, subnormal or substandard. Chris, I really appreciate the way you describe that because these two words, the level of our enjoyment and the standard of an expression, there's a certain kind of expression when we enjoy the Lord. It's golden. 
It's full of acacia wood. It's pure. It's, it's high. And it reminded me of a story. Uh, I'll, I'll just tell a quick story. One time I had Witness Lee over to my house for dinner. And as we were talking, just he and I were alone. We had this time to speak. And, and I mentioned to him that I had been to a group and visited a, a Christian group that had thousands of young people. And, and he was always interested in young people. And I mentioned it was amazing that there were thousands of young people worshiping God. And his first question to me was, what was the attraction? What was the expression? And I said, well, there was a guy in the front playing rock music with a big hat and cowboy boots. And and his immediate response was, we can never take the way of, of rock music. It's It's not the right standard. And we have to take the way of the Word with the Spirit, prayer and the Word. In other words, gold and acacia wood, a standard. That's why I bring back these two words that you mentioned. There's a certain level of an expression, a standard, and we don't want to drop below God's standard and compromise God's standard through other things. And rock music was one of them to use as an example that really is not up to the standard. Matt, neither, as you're telling that good story, I think that is a good illustration. I think it's a proper way in which to talk about something like this. We're not uh, criticizing or demeaning anyone, and we appreciate whenever the Lord is lifted up and honored and worshiped. But neither do we want to falsely, in a so-called pious or uh, false spirituality, try to act a certain way to meet a standard. But really, if we're really enjoying Christ, if we're really experiencing him, the level, the standard is already met because he is that standard. He is that level. Therefore, what is expressed will have a kind of purity to it that we believe, of course, not only satisfies the Lord, but actually, I bet those thousands of young people, if they could be you know, transported into the midst of that kind of corporate mutual enjoyment, they'd be even more inclined to love, honor, and worship the Lord. I'm really glad you brought it back to that, Chris, because it's not like we're for this or against that. What we're really for is the presence of God. Amen. And we're for gold and acacia wood. And, and I agree. I think if once we touch the glory in the presence of the Lord, all the things of earth grow strangely dim. Strangely dim and fall away. Uh, gee, man, I really enjoyed our time together. I hope our listeners also enjoyed it. And we just offer this to the Lord. Maybe there'll be something there for both God and man. Thanks for being with us today. Amen, Chris. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. These programs are based on messages Witness Lee gave when he did a comprehensive book-by-book study of the Bible showing how Christ is life to man. Whether you're hearing these life studies via radio, online, or as a podcast, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. There, you'll find more than 1,700 audio studies covering every book of the Bible. Again, that's lifestudy.com. Thanks again for listening.